Okay, good evening everyone. August 30th, 2015, broadcasting live. Today we have a story, not just a quote. So what do you say, well, let's do half each? Sure. We can go down to, what then do I need? And then I'll continue. Okay. In due time, Kisa Gotama became pregnant, and after 10 lunar months, she gave birth to a son. But the child died as soon as he was able to walk. Kisa Gotami had not known death before, and when they came to remove the child's body for cremation, she refused to let them do so, saying to herself, I will get medicine for my son. Placing the dead child on her hip, she went from house to house pleading, Do you know a cure for my son? Everyone said to her, Woman, you are completely mad and seeking medicine for your son. But she went away thinking, Truly, I will find someone who knows the right medicine for my son. Now a certain wise man saw her and thought to himself, I must help her. So he said, Woman, I do not know if there is a cure for your child, but there is one who will know, and I know him. Sir, who is it who will know? Woman, the Lord will know. Go and ask him. So she went to the Lord paid reverence to him, stood at one side and asked, Venerable Sir, is it true as people say that you will know a cure for my son? Yes, I know. Sorry, I'm looking at the Pali. What then do I need? A few mustard seeds. I will get them, Venerable Sir, but in whose house? Get them from a house where no son or daughter or any other person has ever died. Very well, sir. Kisagotami said, Very well, sir, Kisagotami said, and having paid reverence to the Lord and having placed the dead child on her hip, she went to the village and stopped at the very first house. Have you any mustard seeds? They say they will cure my child. They gave her the seeds, and then she asked, Friend, has any son or daughter died in this house? What do you ask, woman? The living are few and the dead are many. Then take back your seeds, for they will not cure my child, she said, and returned the seeds they had given her. In this way she went from house to house, but never did she find one that had the mustard seeds that she needed. Then she thought, oh, it is a difficult task that I have. I thought it was, I thought it was only I who had lost a child, but in every village the dead are more than the living. While she reflected thus, her heart which had trembled now became still. Funny all this talk about death. Today we had a full session in the Misudhi Manga about death, which was funny because this morning that they came to honor a dead person who they had just buried the day before and whose funeral I had gone to the day before. So yesterday I was walking through this the graveyard. Graveyards are interesting places. You have the so much work goes into them and it's such a so full of meaning you know? each gravestone means something very important if you think about it a gravestone is it's a it's got a huge such a story it's a piece in the puzzle of samsara then if you think beyond that and you think of the Buddha's words that 
there's nowhere on there's no one on this earth that we haven't died or that someone hasn't died you think of all of the people who have ever died the, the graveyards are only a very very small portion of those people it makes you think about how many stories there are out there how many stories have we lived how many times have we played this game how many times have we wept for a child a parent a sister, a brother, a loved one. We read the inscriptions. Some of them are 100 years old. There are all sorts of ideas about what happens when you die. Death is an interesting thing. It's interesting that we have all this talk about death all at once. Kiso go to me. I guess the idea is she was that she had lived a sheltered life, and so she had never really gotten the sense of not getting her way. Really, she was a royal. She was a relative of of the Buddha, I think, or belonged to the same clan, and she was royalty, I think. And so, probably, she always got what she wanted. She was certainly sheltered, and women probably didn't get very good education, so they. She just didn't understand about what death really meant. And that coupled with her grief. You know the story, have you ever seen there was a movie back in the 80s or 90s called Pet Cemetery, <laughs> where they bury their child. The lengths people will go to to uh, to not to get get the to be reunited with their loved ones. It's a terrible movie. So I don't know. Not much to say. Her mind becomes, her mind my heart that had trembled now became still, and then I was just reading what happened next. And the Buddha says, when you realize that your, your son was dead, you realize the Dua Dhammo, a certain Dhamma, a constant reality. Dua Dhammo Esasatanang, this is a Durable is, I guess, the English equivalent of duwa, but a constant dhamma of beings. Machurajahi sabasate apparipuna jayase jasaye evam maho govya parikadamano yeva. Anyway, so and he says that uh, Machuraja takes all beings. just like a great flood.
This is in relation to the Dhammapada. It's number 114. Maybe someday we'll get there and we'll actually tell this story. Who should live a uh, hundred years without seeing the path to the deathless, this deathless path to the undead, like Stephen King Pet Cemetery, where they bury this child. First they bury their cat, and the cat comes back to life, but it's gone psychotic. And so then their kid gets run over, their baby gets, toddler gets run over. And so they bury the toddler, and he comes back as this vicious, murdering creature. And it kills his wife, and so then he buries his wife. <laughs> and then she comes back. I don't know why I'm talking about well, just the idea of... Because it's a curious word, amatta. Amatta means undead, which... Is misleading in modern English usage. Not dead. The state of being not dead. But it really means that which that which never is not subject to death. The path to that which is not subject to death. Better is it to better is it to live one day seeing the path to that which is not subject to death. Brooklyn put a comment that the reading sounds straight out of the New Testament. I was noticing that too. A lot of these, they, they sound uh, with the use of the word Lord. Is that a, a normal translation? Yeah, I was looking that up. It's not Lord. It's probably Blessed One. Yeah, they, they do sound uh, kind of New Testamenty. Well, this actually, yeah, yeah, no, actually, he's a fairly new one. Let me see. But uh, it might even be Teacher, the word. Satta. Why did he use Lord? Satta means teacher. Yeah. How ridiculous. Satta comes from Shas, the root Shas, which is in regards to teaching, no? I don't know why he used yeah, teacher, master. A satta is one who has a sasana. It comes from the same root as sasana. Sasana is that which is taught. It's nothing to do with being a lord. Well, reflection on death is something that, as we've said, is beneficial. It's something that, you know, if you think yesterday the 
going to going to see the these people at the funeral and the sadness and the grief. It's, uh, it's undeniable. So there's when this idea of preparing ourselves for death doesn't mean just preparing ourselves for our own death. It means becoming a better surfer on the waves of samsara, being able to take life as it comes without getting upset, finding a way to live our lives without being dependent on anything, anisito javihalati, so that we don't grieve when something happens. I mean, how attached this woman was to her child, I can't even imagine what it's like to lose a child. But nonetheless, there is, it's based on attachment which we know can be avoided, not avoided, can be cleansed to the point where one is no longer subject to attachment, no longer gives rise to it. I think it's, um, it's even worse if you think about it for the person who's passed away. You know, we think, we look at it, we always see the people of, who, who are left behind are the ones who have trouble. And what we see is the grieving of those who have lost, right? What about those who have gotten lost? What about those who have left? That's where the, that's the real, where Buddhism really focuses its attention on the person who passes away. Because if you grieve, most people will get over it. But if you die, well, you don't get over that. It's, it's, um, it's non-negotiable. And it's uh, monumentous. So preparation for death. It's important to think about the death of others, loss and so on. Most important is to be prepared yourself to, to surf the waves, to transition gracefully. So when you die, you're prepared for it. You're alert. You're not caught off guard by, the, by your own mind, really, because your mind will lead you. If your mind is set in a bad way, it will lead you in a bad way. Do you know all what's in your mind? Do you know how your mind, what your mind is like? This is what meditation helps. Much of um, what we would see when we pass away comes up when we meditate. So when you are in the present moment, your mind starts to uh, bring up all the things that it's been holding on to, that have been bouncing around inside. So bad deeds we've done, bad things that have happened to us, anything that we're still holding on to, the kind of things that would flash before our eyes when we die. And they do that because of the concentration involved. Well, when you meditate, there's the same sort of concentration and and just general awareness. And so you'll you'll see these sorts of things come up. Anything you are holding on to, anything you feel guilty about or, or feel angry about, anything you're attached to. And it's a chance to purify all of this and to become less clingy, less dependent, to be able to fly, to be able to surf. 
surf the waves and not get not drown in the flood anyway one interesting thing today was that the the idea that to practice mindfulness of death all you have to do is sit there and say death death maranang maranang that's a valid meditation practice according to the Visuddhimagga. So go ahead, you can all try it. Anyway, any questions? That's um, the recollection of death. That's recommended for the the hindrance of sleepiness, right? The of what? Sloth. Recommended for to try to overcome the hindrance of uh, sloth and torpor, sleepiness. Right. Laziness, um, lack of, lack of initiative, lack of encouragement. That makes sense. You ready for a question, Bande? Sure. Venerable sir, what is the main meaning of apamada discipline? Apamada means non-intoxication. The state of having a clear mind, sober mind. Basically, means to have mindfulness. Apamada isn't a, isn't a real thing. It's just a conventional term. It's a characteristic of a mindful mindful state. Why are we able to pacify the mind by observing our thoughts and feelings? Not just by observing them, but by becoming objective about them. By reminding ourselves it's just a feeling, it's just that. Because the unpacified mind is the mind that is reacting. The mind that is making connections. Uh, getting into loops that feed back and, and get bigger and bigger and more um stressful mindfulness cuts off the chain and keeps us from becoming overwhelmed passivized because there's no there's no continuation but it was very clear on this let seeing just be seeing then there's no there's no attachment there's no idea of me mine etc Nanimita gahi nanubhyanjana gahi. Be someone who doesn't grasp at particulars or characteristics of the object. This is the direction that the Buddha gave. Don't get into the details. Just see things simply as they are. Very simple, basic. And it keeps you from reacting. It keeps you from getting caught up. It was an old, old question from the Google moderator that we never got to. And I always hoped that we did because I was wondering about the answer. And it was somebody that had asked when people listened to the Buddha and if they were being mindful and just noting, hearing, hearing, how would they have actually heard what he said? It actually is possible. I mean, you're, the noting isn't all the time. and. When you note hearing, hearing, you actually can still get, it's, it's interrupted by the processing, but it's so very quick, 
you know you don't take we don't take nearly as long to process as we think getting the meaning is still possible so you're kind of going back and forth very quickly yeah and the mind does that anyway mm. but you won't you won't process it very much you won't need to even if you're if you're knowledging hearing hearing you're already on the right path what more do you need to hear yeah it's kind of what i thought but i you know never really sure when i'm noting seeing but actually seeing something if i'm doing it wrong you know but you can kind of go back and forth that makes sense Speaking of death, how might you recommend one carry out the corpse meditations, considering that charnel grounds and such are not readily available in the modern world? Well, you can get pictures, or you can go to the go to the morgue. Do they actually let people into the morgue too? They do in Sri Lanka. Do they? You can you can do it at funerals. <laughs> Go look at the dead body at the funeral. But they really kind of pretty them up at the at the mm -hmm. funerals. You know, they've got makeup yeah. on and. Yeah, but dead is dead. It's just seeing a dead, dead body. Is dead. It, is, it can shake people up. It can be useful. And if you meditate on it for a while, it can be helpful. I don't know. I mean, I don't recommend carrying out corpse meditation myself. So. <laughs> to find someone who does. So in a couple of days we're moving, officially moving to the new location but I guess I'll still be staying here until the 8th when we can actually get internet. The 8th, I think, is also the first day of classes, so I'll be back at school. Oh, no, what is the... I don't remember what the first day of classes is, but the 8th, the 9th, I think, is this clubs fest that we're going to have a table and we're going to try to convert as many people as we can to Buddhism. Sign them up. We're going to have a clipboard to get people's emails, that kind of thing. I'm planning to have a meeting. Alright, we had some ideas to hold monthly talks. And the question was whether they would be academic talks or whether they would be spiritual practical talks. And so we thought we maybe we'd do both. We could do one series of academic lectures on Buddhism and one series of practical teachings on how to practice Buddhist teaching. It's hard because everyone's so busy. The, the, even the people running it are, are far more focused on their studies, I think. So... Well, we'll see. I'm just going to hope to meet some people and have a chance to share the Dhamma. Are you taking 
classes on Buddhism? See, I wasn't, but I was just thinking now, There's, I have no reason at all really to take German. Yes, it'd be nice to learn some German, but honestly, it's not really, not really, I don't know, justified. So I was thinking I'll go back to taking a, there was just something on Jesus. <laughs> Am I justified? Is that more justified? I don't know. To get my degree, I think I need some various religions. I need a certain number of re religion classes. So, Anyway, maybe we'll stop there. So thank you all for checking in and having this nightly little chat. Maybe it'll, maybe there'll be more to it when we're actually settled down. Maybe we'll have a live audience here as well. And, and I, we can talk with them live as well. That'll be nice. Okay. Well, good night then. Thank you, Bhante. Good night. See you all tomorrow.